us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. Music today by Terps Mom. Much better. The last one was terrible. Twitch.tv slash Boston WEI is where you can watch us and also get in the Twitch chat. Terp is looking at that, by the way, if you want to grade the songs as we go. I have her at two for three so far. I'm scoring as we go. Oh, you are? Yes, I'm scoring. Yeah. Uh, Two for three. You got your uh, official scorecard yes, out, like I do. your UFC or, yep, or a yep. boxing match. I'm gonna be the ring girl. Like I'm gonna come around saying two for three. My speedo, my Borat mankini. Just please no. The visual of that no, is no. We don't need no, nope, nope. We don't need. Please God. So far, two for three, Deborah. All right, two for uh, two for three so far for uh, Mama Turpin. Yep. who was helping today. And, of course, Billy's got a uh, trending coming up. The uh, The Twitch chat has nicknamed uh, him Thunder Lanny. Mm, That's, I like uh, that. Radio Chick 81 is pushing uh, definitely for Thunder. That's funny because I had a uh, Dave Ruth coach that called me Hurricane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I cover all the major storms. I was go. just going to say. What's uh, the left? Earthquake. Yeah. Uh, Billy. Uh, An earthquake, typhoon. I could be both natural yeah. disasters. I was just going to say there was a poor Christian doesn't know the joke that he just made is that you came up with, I would say, the probably the. What, Billy, like maybe like the 89 or 1990 WWF World Tag Team Champions, Earthquake and Typhoon? Yep. Oh, yeah. Big Fred Ottman, who uh, was also the Shockmaster in WCW and had a helmet on and tripped walking in and the helmet popped off (laughs) as like one of the more embarrassing moments in wrestling history. And the great Earthquake, who was a sumo wrestler named John Tenta and was uh, drawing money with Hulk Hogan. See, Fourier, you really missed your calling. If you just put on, if you, when you got done playing football, if you just put on like 30 pounds, you could have made a couple million in WWE mm. and then that would have been it. You'd have been no, done. No. Because you can talk. Not a chance. I can teach you a promo. But I can't walk. Well, yeah, well, yeah. That was just, a, there is that too. Yeah. So. And have you seen The Rock lately? I know we're going to get to this XFL topic. Oh, soon. yeah. He's we got, too large now. He is He's too big. HGH, right? I mean, you cannot get that big without a lot of additives. Uh, I will say that. And he has, like, a chef who literally travels with him, and the guy's doing, like, 5.30 a.m. workouts and stuff. It's insane. I saw... uh, 49 years old, uh, I think. He posted a video uh, of, uh, uh, like, his cheat day meal, which was, like... Oh, where it's, like, pizzas or, like, sushi. The no, like that the entire it wasn't yeah. like a normal size. It was like no. a humongous pizza, like a twenty-inch pizza box or something like that. It was nuts, and he crushes the whole thing. It, toppings on it like crazy. Tons of sushi. He just mm-hmm. loses his mind. You're right, but he's got a chef he that goes chef. everywhere, constantly feeding him. And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, lots of additives. There's also something else about Rock in the XFL that is amazing to those who've been divorced. And we will point that out coming up when we get into the XFL rules in a little over 15 minutes from now. But Foyer, uh, the great Wick Grosbeck, the owner of the Boston Celtics, who is ready to pay above and beyond the luxury tax, which makes fans happy because obviously chance to win a championship this year. 
He was on earlier today with the Greg Hill Show, and they talked about Jalen Brown because, of course, there was a trade deadline, and Jalen Brown's name came up, and we know that Jalen doesn't like that. Well, Rick Grossbeck told everybody, listen, calm down. Here is a Wick on him and Jalen's relationship status, like on Facebook. What happens in the league is that agents leak names and <laughs> agents of people not not even or, or other teams or, yeah. I mean, I mean, Brad's probably on the phone with every team, definitely every week during the season, just saying, who do you like? Who's playing well? Who do you like in our roster? You know, just and he files it away in that, like his mental database, you know? So uh, that's, that's just that they, they, they talk all the time about everything. That doesn't mean a trade is proposed and uh, Jalen's not going anywhere. And he knew that before the trading deadline, because I told him personally. Wow. Look at that, huh? Lots of rumors floating around, lots of lots of noise, lots of everything. So you know what? Let's just hear from the owner, the guy that writes the checks. How about that? I'll walk in and kill this right away. Because uh I mean that was that was getting a lot of steam again. And it's always Jalen names, Jalen, Jalen, and insert Durant, insert whoever. Well, now I'm hoping we don't have to worry about it anymore. Now that Kevin Durant is out of the Eastern Conference and to a place where it feels like it's a true landing it's spot. True. It's a real home for him now. He really feels welcome in the Valley. Of oh, Phoenix. of course oh, he does. They, they love him. Well, those tax rates in Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. Oh, that's true. Can that's only true. imagine. And uh, Phoenix, no difference. state income tax. No, right. right. Even better. Look Talk at that. About big so much bucks. extra money I have. Exactly. Awesome. No wonder why I love it here. Now, how quickly can I get this crybaby Chris Paul out of here? And then how quickly can I get my coach in here? But uh, I think that is very big to hear from Wick Grosbeck for two reasons. Number one. We know that Jalen can be sensitive. And while we on the outside of the organization will sit here and say, come on, Jalen, you should know better by now. Your name's going to come up. If it's something that's going to bother him, there's nothing that we can do about it necessarily because it's going to get talked about. But the one thing that can be controlled is the owner going to the player and saying, no, don't worry yeah. about it. You're not going anywhere. I saw it also. I saw the memes. I saw this. I follow, the, I follow all these guys also. Let me run in there right now and tell you. Don't worry about it. From the top dog. Yeah. I mean, really, that is who you – because, I mean, I guess you – if you trusted Brad Stevens, you know, uh, I'm sure, like, you know, if he came and said something, you would probably ah. – but the owner, on the other hand, nobody goes over the owner. Now you've hit on something. Is this relationship with Jalen Brown to the point – I'm not going to insinuate that Jalen Brown and Brad Stevens are cross – but if you really want to make sure that the player feels good about it and it comes directly from the owner versus the general manager, isn't that almost like another layer of kind of insulation Protection. for Jalen yeah, Brown absolutely. to feel good yes. about? They love me. Right. They love me. They respect me. If, I'm just going to get off Twitter, if Instagram, the, and everything If else. the owner loves me, then I have nothing to worry about. And listen, even if it isn't true, you know, Brad Stevens can still reserve his right to change his mind. And if you're Wick Grosbeck and you're Brad Stevens, it's the way to play it. It's the plausible deniability. Now, again, it's the whole players are going to get mad at owners anyway. Did you ever get mad at an owner? Oh, of course. Yeah, okay. Who, who'd you get mad at? All of them. No. All of them. You you played at some for, point. Hold on. You played for four different owners in the league. Ken Baring, who people don't even even know about, they even know who Seattle? he is. That was Seattle, and then Paul Allen bought the team. Uh huh. 
Oh, okay. So there's two there. And yeah, but I guess I never Gay. got mad at him because, uh, no, that's not true because I never actually saw Paul Allen okay. once. And then we shared an elevator ride. And there was like, uh, next thing you know, he just disappeared. And then you had Jerry Richardson and Dan Snyder, which is like the real a yeah, so you know what? trifecta. No, the, and here's the thing. Exacta. So you know what? Let me let me re- re- answer this again. I never hated anybody. <laughs> oh, I never well, hated I'm anybody. A, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I about am, it. Hold on. Yeah. I am not accepting that you now. I'm, yeah. I'm not accepting you going from... I got mad at all of them. Yeah, yeah. To now, I never got mad it's a, at anybody. You know what a, it is? Hold on. Let's yeah. we rewound the last yeah. minute. Yeah. It's a, you know what it is? It, it, it's a knee-jerk a... reaction, Gresh. It is. It's a knee-jerk reaction <laughs> because you automatically associate your lack of employment to the guy who owns the team. But I literally never saw Paul Allen. He was so far removed from the Seattle Seahawks. He just bought the team because everyone begged him to. Yep. But he lived in... I mean, he lives importantly. He was on his yacht. He was never there when we, it, like the crafts, okay, you would see them. You never saw him at the games. So he was just, it was whoever was uh, else was in charge, and it was Holmgren, okay? So I get mad at him. For the Patriots, um, I was kind of done. So I was like, they had two first round picks. So what am I going to do? You know, like it was more, I'm mad More at, of a I'm, bill thing. Yeah, than I got more angry when but I kind of lost why, my job. But I'm glad you said that because that's a little bit of, I wonder if that's where the dynamic is with Jalen Brown. Is that, yeah, it's coming from the owner, but the owner, while making Jalen Brown happy at the same time, is also kind of insulating his general manager because if the right deal comes along and you got to do what you got to do, then Brad can always go do that. And then Wick's got to manage the relationship, or Jalen Brown just gets mad at Wick and. See, I would say the owners in the NBA, tell me if I'm wrong or right, okay? Okay, it feels like the owners have a more impact a more daily impact on the roster and the salary than NFL teams, where I feel like most NFL owners, most of them, are so far removed from what's actually going on because they don't understand the business. They don't, you know, they just, they just, they're not even, they're not available. Like Jerry Richards, I don't think I, I think I saw him at the Christmas party walking through. Older guy, didn't relate to anybody. Dan, Sna- Dan Snyder was always, always on the field, and I saw him all the time. I actually liked him. I like Dan Snyder. Wow. I, I liked him as a person. Yeah, let's and, yeah, and, no, and no, I had this issue a, with Mego. That's because a take whatever that needs you know, to be bombed. No, 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 no. Because you know what? Whatever you wanted, Dan would provide it. Anything. A raise? <laughs> no, well, I mean, if you want, if I'm you want, but if you wanted, if you, if you didn't like the hotels, the next time you stayed at the Ritz. If you didn't like the plane, he brought a new one. If you didn't like the shoes, he'd get new ones. If you didn't like the uniforms, he changed them. Wow. Even if the NFL said, no, we can't do it. He would do it. He would just say, screw it. I want to make – guys would stand up in meetings and say, we don't want to wear black cleats. Well, and then Joe Gibbs would sit there and say, well, well, you know, this is decided a long time ago. We can't change right now. i tell you what, I'll ask Dan. I'll ask him. I'll ask him. I'll tell you what. Now, it's just, it ain't going to happen, though. Next day, hey, guys, guys, Dan made the change for us. He's taking the <laughs> L, and you can wear white shoes now. Like that's real. That so Dan would didn't care. He didn't care. His organization was a disaster. But whatever the players wanted, they got. And he was always there. I think to your point on ownership in the NBA, I think it is very much tied into do you have a superstar player? That's key too. Because if you're an owner of a team and you don't have a superstar player, then quite honestly, you're not managing anything. You're, yeah. you're like you're not. It, really, the NBA. Because the money is slotted, it's not so much about negotiating and things like that. 
It's more of the relationship that an owner or a general manager or a head coach would have with their superstars if they view that those guys are the key to the organization. And you know what, Fourier? Speaking of a dude who was a key to an organization, Uh Michael Jordan is 60 years old today. Now, ladies and gentlemen out there, I'm going to repeat it again so that it can really sink in. Because for a lot of you, Fourier is 51, I am 48. For a lot of us who grew up in the Gresham Fourier era, let's say, Michael Jordan was it. And it was seeing Michael Jordan's whole career and the whole, oh, he's great, and then he comes back and he's great again and all that stuff. This is among the rare times in life where I feel old. Michael freaking Jordan is 60. That was like my youth, for God's sakes. And now it's, oh, and by the way, he's given like $10 million to charity for his 60th birthday because, well, he's got to do got something a, with all that money. Yeah, I know. But Michael Jordan's 60. Does that make you pinch yourself and say, God, I'm old? Uh, you know what? Um, Pizza Train 11 in the Twitch chat. MJ is not allowed to be 60. He's feeling like I am. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that guy. I, He's five years away from Social Security, which is the last thing he I mean, needs. He is a member of AARP, though, right? I mean, that happens I think when so. you're like, because I feel like I get those AARP cards now. I feel like that's a thing. No, it's weird. Like, I don't, um, like this, I hated Jordan for a long period of time because I was a Laker fan. So there was that, mm-hmm. you know, and I couldn't afford, you know, Air Jordan. So I, I had to get City Wings which was like a Air Jordan knockoff for like, you know, 12 bucks at Marshalls. Okay, so that was that was my whole thing. And uh, so, no, it is weird. Yeah, he's 60 years old. And, and it's funny, when you look at NBA players now, they're either Kobe fans or they're LeBron fans. It's like they, 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 they're, uh, there's still a lot of people. I'm a Kobe guy. We're all generational yeah. in almost every sport and everything that we followed. And if like you're Tatum's a, a Kobe guy. If you're a child of the 90s, yeah, yeah, Tatum's a Kobe guy. But like for those of us out there, if you're a child in the 90s, it was Michael Jordan. And then there was like the late 90s into the early 2000s with Shaq. Then it became Kobe. Then it became LeBron. And then now it's kind of the who's next. And there are lots of guys next? in the NBA that, well. All European you know, players. Well, and Tatum. <laughs> and, uh, oh, why am I blanking? And John Morant. Okay. Because John Morant has a je ne sais quoi about him that people mm. will end up becoming attached to. Just like The Rock. Because I know there are those who will make fun of wrestling, but The Rock is so over, ladies and gentlemen, he can't even change his own name. He would love to be known as Dwayne Johnson. No one knows him by Dwayne Johnson, but everybody knows who The Rock is, and his XFL is doing some things right as they kick off this weekend. We'll get to that next. Watch us. Love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. I am not buying for one minute that Terp's mom picked this song. She did. I have a list. Mm, I have a list. That doesn't mean that she picked it. I it didn't wasn't pick it. some sort I've of. I've never heard of that song. 
Uh, are you a? Uh, you're not an only child, are you? Yeah, he's oh. a twin. Two sets of twins in my family. Two sets of twins. Yes, sir. Wow, double the pleasure, double the fun. How many times Jeez. has your brother been in here and we've not known it? Oh, that's a good call, Where's Billy. No, no, they don't look anything alike. Nothing alike. Nothing alike. You couldn't even tell. Like DeVito and Schwarzenegger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> twins. Yeah. Yeah, which one is all the crap left over? I mean, I don't know. That, figure out. that felt like there might have been a little bit of uh, influence uh, on that yeah. one. But nevertheless, yeah. okay. uh, Mama Turpin has done a great job so far. I'm going to give her three Where do you have now. her? She's I was just going to say. How have you yeah. graded uh, yeah, she's Mama Turpin? She's doing well. She's doing well. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I. Instagram at Gresh and Fourier. Got a lunchtime parlay coming up for you in 20 minutes from now. But uh, Foyer, the XFL, is going to play some spring football this weekend. And I know that uh, Vincent Kennedy McMahon brought back the XFL and then, well, there came the pandemic and everything went poof and Vince let it go into bankruptcy. And now he's trying to buy back his company, WWE, for billions of dollars. But The Rock... And his business partner, who just happens to be his ex-wife, bought the XFL basically out of bankruptcy court for pennies on the dollar. I think it turned into a like a $12 million transaction or something like that. And, well, when you're The Rock, you got that kind of money anyway. But when you can go get money, you bring in some partners, you buy the league. And now they've been plotting this reboot for, I'd say, 18 months. But quickly, Danny Garcia, The Rock's ex-wife, is yeah. his business partner in this. Uh, that is the most amazing part of this whole story. I, it's like, uh, I, and they're like, foreign they're to me. friends. Yeah. They're it's unbelievable. In fact, what you're about to hear is the one-minute video of the XFL sell job. Now, I will say this. There's a tiny little bit of WWE-type storytelling in here with The Rock, but the one thing you're going to hear is they're at some kind of, I think it was like upfronts for advertising or whatever, and you're going to hear in there, like, the chairwoman of the XFL, yeah. Danny Garcia, and it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's that guy's ex-wife. Now, by the way, The Rock had a trainer. The Rock and his wife, Danny Garcia, get divorced. She shacks up with the trainer, who I think is still training Rock, by the way. So Whoa. his ex-wife's new <laughs> husband at one point in time was still, like, training the Rock. And it's all, like, one big happy... I don't know how well, they do I give him credit. It's Thank unbelievable. God, good job if you can do it. Well, Amazing. I guess when you're worth $450 million or whatever it is, it's easier to kind of keep it all in the family. But this was the one-minute promo that the XFL put out there online to sell this version of the XFL. And I want to know, Fourier, if it piques your interest even a little bit. Well, not hearing my name called in the NFL draft really hurt. The 54th player is the player who didn't make the roster. Players just like me. Number 54. That's what the XFL is all about. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. Well, the X in the XFL for me means another opportunity. I was struggling to just make a dollar. It's paying off my bills. I see humility, but I also see the desire to prove something. Please welcome owner and chairwoman of the XFL, Ms. Danny Garcia. A lot of people thought I was 
crazy. Why are you sleeping in your car? Why are you doing all this? And in the back of my mind, I knew I was going to be here one day. Let's create a unique football culture that is a reflection of who all of us are. And that's what that X in the XFL represents. It's not bad, player no. 54. No, no, no. You're right, though. There is a lot of production and WWE just, you know, they know what they're doing. It. No, they, of course they do. Yeah. All right. This is how it always works. Okay. From the AAF to the XFL the first time to the USFL, blah, blah, blah. There will be a lot of eyeballs for the first week, maybe the, the second week, bleeding into the second week. And then it will die out. It will die out. There's just no I there's just no interest for it. Now, maybe the TV networks and the XFL still makes a little bit money, you know, but they're really not married. Just I looked at some of the names of the players trying to find somebody that I'd recognize. Okay, I got six for you. Six names that I will recognize. Oh, easily. Really? Easily. Oh, I only found two. Who were the two? Uh Brent Hunley, quarterback. That's not even one of the names oh, that I have. And Vic Beasley. Former first-round pick for the Atlanta Falcons. He is going to play for the Vegas Vipers. Yeah. That's one of them. All right, so how about this? The uh, One of the quarterbacks of the St. Louis Battle Hawks is A.J. McCarron. Okay. All right. Uh, for Alabama guy. Uh, has the hot wife that uh, Brett yep. Musburger was uh-huh. uh, ooh and aahing over so many years ago. That was Jen Sturger. Oh. His wife is different than her. Jen Sturger is married to a baseball player, and she's kind of an a-hole anyway. Okay, so Jen Sturger is Brett Favre's and that's old the Brett F- okay, Right, that was the, the one that picks. Uncle Brent, yeah. well, that was the one Uncle Brent yeah. was like panting over yeah. at Florida State a bunch of years ago. So was the kicker, <laughs> but I'll let it go. Um, All right, so I can't wide, I recognize wide, that name. Wide receiver from the Seattle Sea Dragons, Josh Gordon. Oh, it's oh. Josh Gordon! Yes, okay, I did see that name also, but I just kind of passed over it. I'm like, it, it's probably about time to just think of something else to do. He okay. was an extremely talented player for a long period of time, but he just couldn't stay clean. But good luck, okay? Everybody's into 10th chances. Quarterback of the Seattle Sea Dragons is Ben DiNucci. Never heard of him. That's the guy who was in Dallas before and, Cooper and Rush became a thing. Don't, don't Never heard of him before. Uh, the uh, Las Vegas Vipers wide receiver, Martavis Bryant. What do I know him from? Stillers. That's right. Okay. All right. Okay. There's somewhat no. And uh, right. Matt Elam is playing for the, uh, the kicker? Orlando Guardians. <laughs> no, not the kicker. That's funny, though. <laughs> so uh, those are some of the names. But again, I think that's why they're selling the whole, hey, I was player 54. 54. Yeah, you're selling roster that. roster in the NFL. And yeah. You're selling that underdog, that Rocky mentality, that underdog story. Okay. Nobody believed me. Because a lot of these guys. Who are playing, uh, you know, in the in the XFL? They, they have, you know, good careers. There's a couple guys in here. We just look at, you know, quarterbacks. Um, like this one guy, Drew Plitt. You probably never would have heard of Drew Plitt, but Plitt is uh, that sounds like a made up name. Well, he's playing for the Arlington Renegades. Okay, so he basically <laughs> they're saying that he slipped through the cracks at the pro <laughs> level. He played at Ball State. And in 2020, earned MAC championship game and Arizona Bowl MVP honors. He returned to Ball State the next year for a sixth season, okay, and finished his career with nine thousand over $9,000 passing and 68 touchdowns. So accomplished MAC guy, good quarterback for his team, 
Uh, Paxton Lynch is in this league, too. Oh, there's another guy. Paxton right. Lynch. Okay, former first-round pick of the Denver Broncos. Probably oh, yeah. Why John, uh, probably why John Elway got fired. Eventually. Uh, well, again, Elway couldn't pick one out of the draft to save his life. So there are some names you might recognize. Yes. Then there are the re- then there's the thing that the NFL might end up stealing. And that is some of the rules that the Ooh, XFL okay. are going to do. All right? So uh, if you are gambling on the XFL, first of all, tread lightly. Second of all, realize that the scoring is different. So how about this, Fourier? Teams can score three points after scoring a touchdown if they elect to place the ball at the 10-yard line following a score. So you can kick it for one, you can go for two, or you can go from the 10 to turn it into a three-point play and then have a nine-point scoring drive. Okay. So if you're down nine, it can still technically be a one-possession game. Do you like that or not? I do like it. Um, I love it. And I would actually say some uh, offensive coordinators would prefer to have the ball at the 10 because they have more room. They have more space. So here's this one. Unlike the NFL, the clock will start in the XFL following incomplete passes and out-of-bounds plays prior to the two-minute warning in either half. The clock will stop after first downs, after the two-minute warning in either half, and there will only be 10-minute half times. Now, I know that's timing. I don't know if that's as big a deal to you or not. Uh, no, but I like the fact that there was a, there will be 10-minute halftime. So they're getting this. They want to hurry up and get this game going. Not a lot of breaks. You basically don't even have enough time to go into the locker room, go to the bathroom, because 10-minute halftimes, right? So that's quick. Those halftime adjustments, boy. Oh, no, you're not going to be able to do it. you got to talk as you're walking into the tunnel. Uh, the XFL has adopted the XFL's onside kick alternative where a team can try to keep the ball after scoring by attempting to convert a fourth and 15 from its own 25. This one has been talked about a lot in the NFL. feels like the NFL is very hesitant to go there. Do you think having this in the XFL for, I'm sure the, you know, again, I don't know if the NFL is paying attention to the UFL or whatever, but anyway, uh, what do you make of the whole, instead of going for the onside kick, you can try to get a fourth and 15, and if you don't convert it, then you're setting the other team up to our worst kick of field. No, I think they need all these gimmicks. They need it. They because they, the, the players aren't getting them enough attention. The whole like underdog story, I think, will be a well, part time thing. The biggest star but, is The Rock. Yeah, and again, he's not playing. And hell, he was part of the very first edition of the XFL opening day. He did the whole in Vegas. Hold on, there's he did a, the whole. There's a whole story to that that is unbelievable. You know that scrum they used to do before yeah. the game for the ball. Is that his idea? No, it was actually an idea from an old wrestler named Michael P.S. Hayes. P.S. Men purely sexy, by mm. the way. Uh, but he's this long-haired dude who went as, I mean, when he wrestled in the 70s and the 80s, he was Freebird. So he'd walk around with his Confederate flag robe and all that stuff. He was on the private jet with Vince. And apparently this guy was just like, why don't you make him go scramble for the ball? And Vince was like, that's a great idea. First time they did it, guy pops his shoulder out and gets hurt. I know, it was terrible. But the wrestling people were blending in with Vince's original XFL, and he was also being like, yo, The Rock the Rock played somewhere. Let me use him. 
But to your point, well, I there, do think there is nowhere near the incestuousness that so there is just like 20 ma- years later. Just like Major League Baseball, yeah. okay, you want to implement a pitch clock, you want bigger bases, you want all the you want the 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 you robot umps. Well, you need some place to try it out. You need like a starter kitchen. You need like a, a test kitchen. Sorry. <laughs> you need a test kitchen. By the way, America's Test Kitchen is one of my favorite shows on yeah, public television. I love it. Oh, yeah. okay. America's I love Test them. Kitchen is great. So so what they do now, so they take all the it's it, there's no partnership, real partnership with the NFL and the XFL. So hey, let's I, I guarantee you the NFL is watching, going, okay, which of these rules can we implement into our game so it doesn't look hokey and like, you know, bush league? All right, let me let me throw this one at you then. Teams can complete a double forward pass as long as the first completion does not cross the original line of scrimmage. Wait, double forward pass? So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it to like a hitch. I'm gonna throw a hitch route, forward pass. Yep. That guy's gonna catch it. And then he's going to throw it. No, here's what it is. What? Hold on. Explain this to me. Double forward pass? So, uh, you have high standards in the NFL. So you're you're lined up in uh, shotgun. Sure. All right. Four wide, two by two on each side. Uh, so the slot receiver, so if the quarterback gets the ball in the shotgun and he's at seven-step depth. Yeah, he throws it forward to like a hitch. He can throw it, he, but as long as it's behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so, uh-huh. so the slot receiver or the outside receiver, as long as the outside receiver goes backwards, that quarterback can throw it forward but behind the line of scrimmage, and then that guy on the outside, if the slot receiver gets up the field, as long as the guy catching it hasn't crossed the line of scrimmage, he can also make a throw. Okay, so the only yes. difference is the only difference in the NFL that that if you want to do a double pass, that receiver has to be behind the quarterback. There you go. Okay, so that's where a lateral right is a lateral. It's got to be a lateral yeah. then a forward pass. Okay. This one allows two behind the line okay. of scrimmage See, if you want. That's something where I say, why does the receiver have to be behind the quarterback? See, I, I look at this rule. I go. They could tinker with this rule. They could make this a little bit more challenging for the defense. They could create some new play alternatives. This is something I would say, all right, let's see how this works. I like this one. Because right now you have quarterbacks. In theory. Because right now you have quarterbacks like Josh Allen who are at seven-step depth in the pocket who will break out and run towards the line of scrimmage. But it used to be run it. Now they're stopping and pulling up and See, throwing it. I don't know this about you. This would be another way to do it. I don't know about you, but you call a lot of games, right? And I always used to tell easily when somebody was doing a double pass because it was so obvious how they they cheated the they, yep. they cheated the flare out so badly and like no one like could hide it. I was like, well, here comes the double pass. Sure enough, here comes the double pass. So the 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 aspect of surprise, the element of surprise in this rule, I like. I'm not a huge fan of the fourth and fifteen. You want to keep the ball fourth and fifteen. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like you're forcing it. These little rules where you can tinker and make the offense a little bit more creative, I like. Here's the other one too, with that jet motion. Yeah. And you know how you can normally snap it and toss it to the guy in yeah. jet motion, and that's a yeah. pass. Well, now that dude can pull up if he wants to. I like in that. Short yardage plays. I like I'm, that. I'm with it's, you. You on know that. what? It, it's almost like a give and go. A pick and roll or yeah. something like that where you – now, I see, that's what I, – I like that because you can almost treat it like all those bunch looks that you get outside the numbers or even like right on the numbers. You can create all these different just mismatches. Totally and just agree. like get a guy open and bam, you hit him over the top. And then overtimes will consist of alternating attempts from the o- opponent's five-yard line. Each team will get three attempts or until a winner is declared. All right. I don't think the NFL is going that far nah. in terms of overtime. 
but still, it's another way of doing it. I'll tell you the two things that are going to come out of this. Hmm. I definitely think the tweak to the scoring plays the NFL will look at and that double pass. I'm with you on that. That's the one I like. That's the, those are the ones. How crazy with it? So let's see how it works in the NFL. See how they use it, and then uh, let's see if it doesn't get all like you know nutty. Now the other thing that I got for Fourier is we'll uh, we'll do a little game show version of guess the coaches after we give you the lunchtime parlay next. Weei Weei New England Sports Original. You're listening to Gresh and Fourier on Weei. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app and take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Loomer Loney will join us at noon. He'll be with us on the Harbor One Hotline to talk about everything Red Sox. But first, it's time for the uh, lunchtime parlay. And uh, thank God Foyer was in the lunchtime parlay. Oh. Uh, big whiffs. And Foyer had the uh, Clippers, which swung the other direction, by the way. It went from minus two to plus one. But uh, kept us from uh, going back-to-back days on the Golden Sombrero. Oh, no, it would have been twice this week it would have been for the uh, Golden Sombrero. But only a three-leg parlay today for the lunchtime parlay. Uh, and let's start with uh, Billy Lanny. The Landman's got the first pick for this weekend's parlay. All right, here we go. Let's start at XFL. Tomorrow afternoon's games, the Vegas Vipers of the Arlington, Renega- the Arlington Renegades. Give me the over, 37 points. Oh, You man. want people watching this game? You want people watching your sport? Give me some points. It is true that you would hope there's some points. Now, the one thing about the XFL and the USFL is that games were, co- were coming in on the under a lot. So I think what you're going to see, like, if, they, if, you, if you're going to bet the XFL, this is a week for you to go oppo. Because the numbers are all it's going to be like, well, we got one game of it. We can see that, well, this quarterback might not be good or this coach has no idea what he's doing. And then a lot of the numbers and the futures are going to change. But if there's a week you're ever going to try to hit an over in the XFL, this is the one. Yeah, 37 points doesn't even sound like a lot of points. doesn't feel like a lot of points. No, it doesn't. So you figure 2017, you're right there on the number. Exactly. Any three touchdowns per team. I know that's that, that three three touchdowns a game is yeah. what I think they're I don't shooting think that's for. A crazy number, I'll take it. Uh, all right, so the over thirty seven in the Vegas Arlington game, which by the way is Dallas. It's where the Texas Rangers used to play. Terp, what do you have? I'm going to go to the NHL and I'm going to take the Rangers on the money line, and they have plus odds right now, plus one hundred five in Edmonton taking on the Oilers. The Rangers, they're red hot. They've on a six game win streak right now, and the Oilers have allowed eleven goals in their last two games. And the Rangers are a good road team. They're 16-5-4 and four on the road this season. So I'm going to go with the Rangers. I don't know why they're underdogs. That seems a little shocking to well, me. Well, it does make you wonder. It's like, okay, what do they know? But it, it's it's like plus 105. So it's very hardly, slim, very, very, slim. very slim underdog. Just like the New York Islanders are slim favorites tonight. Minus 115 on the money line against the Penguins Day Pittsburgh. So Turp and I are sharing a brain a little bit. Not like a twin brain, but... Uh, he's going with the Rangers. I'm going with the Islanders. Billy is going over on the first XFL game of the year, Vegas against Arlington. On that three-leg parlay, ladies and gentlemen, your $10 will win you $63.17. Feel free to tweak the pick and tell us all about it. Good luck to you in trying to drill down on this uh, on the lunchtime parlay. 
Now, Foyer, yes, I know sir. we've only got a couple of minutes. Yeah. We're going to get to our friend Lou Merloni. Yep. The one thing that the XFL has, one of the rules that we didn't get to, was they do have the challenge flag. However, as a texter pointed out, a good job by them to 37937, they have you. There's one play per game where you can challenge anything. Okay. Which Dean Blandino is the rules guy for the XFL. Obviously, the tie to the NFL. It'll be curious to see if the NFL will keep eyes on that. However, you know where else the NFL is sort of uh, spread throughout the XFL? That would be with their coaches. Okay. So there are eight head coaches in the XFL. Christian Fourier knows football. Oh, jeez. Uh, I gotta so prove it now. We're gonna say, yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna put you uh, through this. So here we go for you. I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna try to so, give you some clues. So you're gonna be a clue. I'm gonna tell you who the coach is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I think you'll be All okay. Right. Okay. Uh, the head coach of the Vegas Vipers is a Pro Football Hall of Famer who once came back in the same season off of an ACL injury to play in a Super Bowl in the mid '90s. Who is it? Oh, man. The same season? When I tell you the Hall of Famer, is it an offensive guy or defensive guy? It is a defensive guy who played for four teams and had a 17-year career. Oh, my God. He's one of the best defensive backs to ever play in the NFL. I have no idea. He might be a yinzer. I have no idea. Rod Woodson. Ah, I figured the ACL one, like he. In, in, I totally forgot. Remember that about he him, got hurt yep. at Three Rivers and then monroided his way to yeah. being able to play in the Super Bowl That's later that year. Yeah, I All thought right, that would have been a giveaway. Oh, for one, I totally forgot that he actually got hurt and that actually even happened. So these are all older players, established players with like instant respectability. Right, and credibility from the players who they're coaching. Okay. All right, so I'll give you a big help on this one. Okay. Same NFL organization, a two-time Super Bowl champion, played 14 years as a wide receiver in the NFL. He was in the Fourier era, and a lot of players didn't like him. Oh, my God, the wide receiver. The hell is his name? Uh, did the double pass, that guy. Yeah. It's not Randall L. No. It's not. It's the You're, other guy. Yeah, come oh, on. God. I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. Uh, Antoine Smith. Antoine something. Randall Cobb. Uh, who is it? Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward. Ah! I knew this one. I knew this one. That was an easy one. The head coach of the Arlington Renegades won a national championship at the University of Oklahoma in 2000 with now a fat quarterback who's the head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. Oh, geez. Who well, was the coach? That, that's Bob Stoops. Hey, that's you got Bob one. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, he never won another one. The coach of the Houston Roughnecks, son of bum, Wade. Wade Phillips. Yes, hey. Wade Phillips. Uh, the head coach of the Seattle Dragons, was at one point in time the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year for the Buffalo Bills in 1979. Oh, Jesus. He was a uh, he was a head coach in New Orleans and was named the interim head coach of the St. Louis Rams, really known being a longtime defensive coordinator oh, in the NFL. It's not a Mora, is it? You're warm. It's not a Mora. Yeah. It's not Jim Mora because no. he's a Yukon. You got the first name right. Jim. Oh, 
Come on. Or Jim McKillicuddy. How about Jim Hazlitt? Oh. See, now I see him now. Now I see him in all his... Wow. Okay. That's that's an impressive group so far, I guess. It's exactly where I thought they would be pulling from. All right. The head coach of the Orlando Guardians uh, spent fifth, the last 15 years as a college assistant. However, wow. he had a 14-year NFL career. He was the fifth overall pick of the 1992 draft. And he won a Super Bowl in New England in 2001. He also had a stint with the uh, Miami Dolphins. To Bucky Brooks. Who? To Bucky Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> you just... Wait, what, what? You mean Terrell Buckley? Terrell Buckley! Did you just confuse... Yes! You, you Wait, you got to Bucky Jones and Bucky yes. Brooks confused? Yes, to it's, Bucky like a, Brooks? it's like a weird version of dyslexia. Even Wiggy is laughing at <laughs> yeah, you. That's all right. At, all least right. I know our sh- at least I know their show name. All right, the head coach of the D.C. Defenders is Reggie Barlow. Google him yourself. I didn't no know. No idea who here's your okay. Here's your last, last one. one. Okay, for, for all the marbles, here, here it is. Here we go. The head coach of the St. Louis Battlehawks was drafted by the New York Jets In 2000, with the 27th pick, he played college football West Virginia and would have been a part of TEU, Tight End University. Anthony Beck. Hey, there we go. So Fourier got about half. I got three. I got about three three and a half. I got three and a half. Three out of seven. (laughs) There is your XFL head coach. Wow. All right. As guessed by Christian Fourier. We'll try to guess everything that we can ask Loomer Loney about the Red Sox next.